In your 20s, you care about what people think. In your 30s, you don't care what people think. And in your 40s, you realize that no one was thinking about you at all. No one gives a fuck about you in your life. You're not that important. And that's what I had to tell myself. No one cares. They've got their own shit to deal with. Yeah. Just get out and do shit. Come on, come on, let's have it. Welcome to the Freedom Lifestyle Podcast with your hosts, Callum Webber and Jacob Ingamgore. then so we're back with the freedom lifestyle podcast and we got a very very special episode actually in a studio in london with the main man matty wilson yeah. who i was actually a lot of you know i went to an, a business event in december in 2022 uh called emc and matt wilson is the one that runs the event but he also runs something called einstein marketing which a lot of you young entrepreneurs listen to this right here right now have probably been advertised on youtube by einstein marketing because <laughs> i used to see it all the time so i knew who you were before we even connected but I guess for you like a question for you Matt to you know to give us some context to our listeners like I guess rewind back to the start of like your entrepreneurial journey like where did it all start before you've now created like a seven-figure uh, marketing agency mate yeah I mean you know I came from uh, I came from a place called Gravesend in Kent um, you know pretty rough area most people sort of you know working class you know family my family as well was was the same money wasn't around you know you never saw nice cars or anything like that. you didn't believe any of that sort of stuff was possible for you so growing up in a place like that you know the possibility of of business of money of wealth and all that sort of stuff just weren't there really and um I was working well first of all like I had I had children really young so I was 20 I had my first I put my first kid out when I was when I was just 20 and that really kicked me up the ass because obviously Loads of people that I hung around with at the time, a couple of bad crowds, you know, and we used to get in trouble with the police and all that sort of stuff. Lots of those guys that had kids, and trust me, from where I'm from, everyone's popping kids out in their teens, you know. It's just a thing you do, right? Um, but I, I remember seeing loads of these guys, and they weren't supporting their kids. They weren't seeing them. They're leaving the mums, the mums did, all of this sort of stuff. And I had to make a decision, which was like, you know, do I want to go down that route or do I actually want to, you know, make myself something for this kid and provide for this for this kid so that was pro probably the big turning point to do something you know half decent i suppose but even at that point you know being an entrepreneur being a business owner none of that sort of stuff entered my mind because again the environment i came from it just it just it's just not there you don't understand unless you see something and you can understand how it works you know you're, you're never going to think that you can do it so coming from a place where there's no that you don't know any business owners there's not ferraris and stuff driving down to, to make you think like hold on what's going on here you know it's, it's it's very difficult to think that you can do it so i just went down the job route right i've got to get a good job and i actually got a i got a job with my old man my dad who was working in a factory at the time he was uh a machine operator and there was these huge machines in this factory like massive machines and they used to make plastic like four or five stories high they were and you, we used to do 12 hour shift days and nights but it was paying good money well for someone from where i'm from it was paying good money i was 21 and i was taking home like you know actually no sorry i was 20 yeah because i started there when i was like you know sort of 19 20 and uh, I was taking home, you know, 30 grand, 35 grand. My mates, loads of my mates were, were taking home like, you know, maybe 20 grand, something like that. So I was earning good money. It's what I thought. I was earning more money than 40-year-olds in the same place. You know, so to me, I was like, fucking hell, this is sick. But then, you know, something just kept niggling at the back of my mind. It was like, you know, do you want to do this for the rest of your life? And I can remember the exact moment when it happened. 
like visually, like we're sitting here now, clear as day. I was in the smoking booth. This was pre-2007. There was like smoking booths, right, at this factory. And I went in and all these old guys, again, they've been there a long time and there's these old guys in there and all bitching and they're moaning about this place, mate, it's rubbish and all this. And they're slagging the place off that pays them. And I can remember going in there and, I, and I, the, Dave was the guy that I asked and I looked over at Dave and I said, hey, Dave, how long have you been here? And he looked at me and he said, I've been here 32 years now. 32. And I was like, 32 years. 32, wow. And, and, they're, and they're bitching and moaning about this place, but he's been there for 32 years. And I can remember it scaring the absolute shit out of me because I looked at him and I was like, I'm never going to be that. I'm never going to turn out that. Now, there's nothing wrong with working in a factory. My old man, he was like one of the high ups at that place and he loved it. Fair play. More power to you. If you love what you're doing, sweet. But I remember looking at these guys and thinking, I'm never, if I ever get to a point where I'm unhappy, I'm just going to leave because life's too short and I don't want to be 32 years into this job still moaning about it, right? Mm. And that sort of scared me. And that, that's what sort of opened up my mind to, you know, personal development, all this sort of stuff. So I started reading books. I started listening to audios. I found Tony Robbins. I remember seeing infomercials uh, or, you know, uh, um, adverts or whatever on TV of like Tony Robbins and and all this sort of stuff. And he was selling his personal power program at the time. And it was like a, you know, 12 pack CD thing, right? That's what he used to do. But the thing was like 200 quid. There's no way I could afford that. So I can remember, I found one on eBay for like 30 quid and I bought that second hand. And then I burnt those CDs. Do you remember you had to burn CDs? I burnt those <laughs> CDs onto my computer and then put them onto my iPod like people don't even remember iPods now. I had an iPod because iPhones weren't out. I had an iPod and I burnt it on there. And these, these in the factory, 12 hour shifts, right? And because it was noisy, we had to wear earplugs. And if you got caught without your earplugs on, you get bollocks because you, you, you had to wear them health and safety and all that shit. And they were orange and blue. And what I did, because I wanted 12 hour shifts, I was like, I want to be filling my mind with as much good shit as I can, learning, right? Because I thought if I'm here, pressing buttons on this machine and stuff. I want to be like learning so that I can finally get out of it. So it took me about two hours, but I painted the uh, headphones of my iPod, which were white. I painted them orange and blue so they looked like earplugs. Yes. And I could and I could walk around the factory. I could like be on my machine, listening to Robins, listening to all this good shit that was feeding my brain. And if the foreman walked past, he'd just think I had my earplugs in, you know. And that was like a big turning point for me because it just opened my eyes and my mind up. Basically, learning opened my eyes up because all this stuff I was learning and that thing would lead me to another book and then that book would lead me to something else. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Think and Grow Rich. All of these books, right, these big ones, I, I, I was just consuming while I was at the factory. You were, you, were also, you were also getting paid to learn as well. And I resonated with it. And I know Jacob would have as well because... When I was, uh, after lockdown, I ended up having to work at Amazon for eight weeks and I did the exact same thing. I turned the 10 hour shifts into 10 hours of learning. Yeah. And I know Jacob, you've done the same while you're at building. So if you're listening to this right now, like there's some serious value already to start utilizing your time more because even though you were at a job that you didn't want to be at, you were utilizing that time to actually start learning and then just using that time as effectively as you possibly can. And then eventually yeah. you, you escaped it. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, from, from there, one thing that kept coming up in all these books, right? Because, again, I, I, I'm still so, like, um, unfamiliar with that world. I'm hearing things and I'm trying to pick it up and I'm thinking to myself, okay, but so what's the next step? You know, what's the next thing I need to do then if this is the case, if all this stuff? And one thing that kept coming up was sales, 
I can remember like Robbins was saying it. I was reading Branson's book and he was saying it. That the one skill you need to learn if you want to be successful, especially in business, is you have to learn how to sell. And this kept coming up. And I, in everything I was reading and listening to, this one thing kept coming up. And I was thinking, again, I've always thought sales is a job you get if you can't get a job. It's like, if you can't, if you can't find a job, get a sales job because there's always people hiring for salespeople. Yeah. And again, I'm thinking like call centers, annoying people. That's, that, that, that's what I related selling to. But this thing kept coming up. So I was like, you know, right, the next thing I need to learn is how to sell. So again, while I was still in the factory, I started buying everything, downloading, uh, illegally downloading, buying stuff off eBay, <laughs> eBay, eBay secondhand, anything I could about selling. Brian Tracy, Tom Hopkins, Zig Ziglar, all of these old school like sales trainers. And I would just start consuming information about selling to a point where I thought I was, I thought, I, I reckon I can do this. You know, I consumed hundreds of hours of stuff and read books. So I thought, the first thing I need to do if I actually want to be in business, because at this point now I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to be in charge of my own life, have my own business and all that sort of stuff. I've got to, I've got to jump into sales. And I had a mate at the time who worked in the city as an investment broker. Hardcore sales environment, boiler room style, right? Really high intense uh, environment, cold calling, like nonstop, massive floor, like, you know, Wolf of Wall Street sort of style, that sort of floor. And, you know, I said to him, look, mate, I really want to do this. Would you give me a job? And he's like, mate, you sure? It's tough. And I was like, mate, I'm, I'll do it. I'm ready. And um, I went for an interview and I remember sitting in an interview and um, the interview went really well. And Gary was the guy that was interviewing me. And just as I left, he was like, one thing you should do um, uh, when, when you leave, you know, in between hearing a decision, you should listen to a, uh, an audio called the, the Psychology of Selling by Brian Tracy. Well, it just so happens. I, I was literally listening to it as I walked in for the interview. No so way. I, I pulled out and showed him my iPod and it was already on there. <laughs> and uh, obviously, so I, I got, got the job. Of course it did, you know. So I got the job. But then at this point, I've got one kid. I've got another one on the way. I'm making at this point 35 grand safe. Mm. And I, I, call this, I call this income range like the, the like death basically yeah, right? yeah it's so comfortable yeah because it's not uncomfortable enough to want to change but it's not comfortable enough to be comfortable if yes. you know what i mean no, right? yeah, yeah and, it's, and it's that bracket between 35 and and like 70 grand that bracket there if you're earning that now listening like you, you, you you're way too comfortable to want to change anything yes so it can really hold you there especially when you've got a kid and one on the way yeah and your missus don't work because my missus didn't work and um i now had to tell everyone so i now had to tell my missus by the way the job was 12 grand basic so that's what it was 12 grand fuck all it's like you know it was a grand uh, a month so it's 12 grand basic but i but the potential was to earn 80 90 grand that's the potential and that's all i saw because i believed that i could do it so i had to now try to find a way to um tell everyone that i was going to take this job for 12 grand I told Emily, um, she was all right about it, but again, a bit worried. I told my mum and my dad, my dad was like, oh mate, she, you know, I don't know about this and all this sort of stuff, classic, right? Really concerned, they're only doing it out of love. I remember I told my nan and granddad and my nan and granddad cried 
<laughs> to not, like, to not do it. They, they cried because they were so worried. Yes. And they thought yeah, I was mad. so stupid. That, that, that Both of them cried. They're very, very, like they're the tightest people ever. They're yeah, the yeah. classic, like, get a job, uh, save money, do all this sort of stuff. Like to, to, to leave a 35 grand job for a 12 grand, because that's all they saw, was so scary to them. When I had two kids effectively, they cried. And I was like, Jesus Christ, this is fucking hard work. <laughs> so, uh, but, but I did it anyway, because again, I just believed in myself and I, and I knew that I needed, I knew this wasn't going to be forever, but I knew I needed these skills to then eventually, you know, do whatever business. And at that point I didn't know, but this is the thing. I just had to follow that first step. It, it's not about knowing. I didn't know at that point what I wanted to do. I didn't know what business I wanted. I didn't know what I was going to sell. I didn't know anything like that, but I knew that this was the next step. So I knew I had to take it. And, um, and then, yeah, that's, that takes you up to about, you know, early 20s when I first got that job as a salesperson. So that, I bet that was a mental experience in, in the foundations of, of what you built today. How did that lead on to mm. what you've created today with Einstein Marketing? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I smashed it at that job. No one had ever made it because the minimum investment that we were selling was 10 grand on the phone, cold calling. No one had ever made a sale in the first month at this firm that I was at. And I made a sale in my first month. And then... Within three months, they had me training salespeople because, again, because I'd studied it so much, most of these guys that were coming in, they're just, they're just you know, oh, this is a job. I'll try and make some money at it. I'd studied it for so long. I knew this stuff inside out so I could teach it as well. But then one thing I remember, you know, sitting there one day and I was like, the, the leads we were calling, man, we're calling these people up and, you know, you get told to fuck off. You All of this, sort of, where'd you get my number from? And all this sort of stuff. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking... Like, where do these leads come from? Like, what 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 gives us the right to call these leads? And I remember sitting down um, in the pub after work one day, asking the manager and just being like, "How much do these leads that we're calling cost?" And he was like, "You know, they're roughly they're roughly about ten pound a lead." And I'm thinking, "Fuck!" And, and bearing in mind, we have to call two hundred a day, and there was fifty guys there. So I'm working out. <laughs> I'm thinking they spend like hundreds of thousands on these leads, right? And the criteria for them is like they have an ISA. That is it. <laughs> if they've got five grand in an ISA, they're on this list. There's, there's no, they haven't given us their information. These are brought lists, the worst leads you can get. And I'm sitting there, I'm thinking there must be a better way to, to get better leads. So then I went on my third rabbit hole of learning, right? We had personal development sales. Now I'm like a marketing rabbit hole. Mm. So I started Googling how to generate leads. And then Google, bearing in mind, this is like, uh, what's this? Jesus. This is like 15 years ago, right? So this is um, pre any social media, only Google. So then I find Google ads, start learning about Google ads. Wow, you can do, you can run ads and then they can do this sort of stuff. And I just learned everything I could about that to the point where I thought I was confident enough to run Google ads. And I approached my manager and I said, uh, listen, mate, you're paying X amount for these crap leads right now. I think if you give me a thousand pounds to test, I think I can generate you some much better leads that actually give us their information. And uh, I sold him on it effectively. And he gave us, he gave me a thousand pounds budget and that thousand pounds made them, I think it was about 60 grand. Wow. Yeah. 60X. Wait, you sold your own, the company you're working for? Yeah. Genius. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, Genius. So, so, so then, of course, when they, because Love at it. this point, right, no one was doing it, especially their competitors. They weren't doing their own legion. They were buying lists. No one knew how to market at this point, yes. especially online. It's all new. You know, Google was only around at that point for, you know, five, 10 years or something, right? It was new. No one was doing it. So, um, yeah, spent a grand. And like these leads, although I, I can't remember exactly how many we captured, I think, 
if I can remember rightly, it was about 150 odd leads. Not, you know, so it was it was like 10 pound a lead or whatever, a seven quid a lead. But the quality of them was so good that again, six, seven of them purchased, right? And, and actually and, and invested. So the returns were crazy. And obviously then I'm now I'm now a golden boy now. I'm like, how the fuck did you do that? Yeah. Can you do it? Can you do it again? What if we give you 10 grand? I was like, well, let's see what happens. And then so on and so on. So I ended up running the market and I, and I weren't on the phones anymore. I was in charge of marketing now. So I was making them the money. Then I started getting approached by loads of other guys in London, all because it's a very close knit community, that community. And they all started approaching me as well, like in the bars and pubs. We all drink in the same places. Like, mate, can you come do it for us? I was like, mate, I can't. You know, I'm working for these guys. Um, and uh, And that's how I got into marketing you know, from there. That's, that's, that's such a mad way to get yeah. into it, but yeah. I actually love it. But it's, it's evident and clear that over the years, you've just been all in on personal development, learning a high value skill, like moving on to moving to sales, then moving on to marketing, yeah. just going all in with education. So I guess, and kind of rewinding back to when you mentioned about your grandparents, um, kind of putting you off, wanting to put you off, yeah. starting that business, taking that risk. And obviously a lot of our listeners, Freedom Lifestyle listeners are young entrepreneurs that are in that predicament where they might be in a comfortable job and they're a bit scared to take a risk and also the people around them so how important is it for you matt to to upgrade your network get around people that are thinking bigger and also making sure that you're listening to people that are thinking bigger it's 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 one of the most important parts of the whole thing man you know and i, and I really realized this after i left the city so at this point I'm, I'm doing pretty well and you know some of these guys selling are earning serious money and i'm seeing guys taking home 40 50 grand a month in comms you know things like that so they're doing really good so i was around it sort of then but again they're still employees mm. so i never really seen it in business so from there again i've just had my second kid now i've got my third on the way i was popping them out you were at it and uh, I'm only I'm only 20, 24 at this point. Third, third one on the way, and you know the commute into London is getting me. I'm, I'm and I'm, it's just because you know because it's probably three hours round trip, like three hours on a train, man. It just kills me, and I'm like, again, do I want to be? Do I want to live the rest of my life like this? Okay, yeah, I'm earning great money and all this sort of stuff, but. It was a horrible environment to be a part of as well, very high pressure and all that sort of stuff. Mainly it was time. Main thing was time. Time's so valuable. And I was thinking, I'm spending three and a half, three hours of my life on a train every day. You know, in a week, that's 15 hours. That's a whole fucking day mm. where I'm away from my kids, where I could be doing other things and all this sort of stuff. So I I I, I looked started looking for jobs more local to me. And if by as if by miracle, there was a guy hiring for a marketing manager role. Now the basic was only like 25 grand, but again, there was commission and all that sort of stuff built into it. Way less than what I was making in the city, but it was literally in the, at the time I was living in a tiny little village just outside of Grayson called Mepham, and really nice village. And it was no joke, it was two roads down from where I was. And this turned out to be a guy called Andy Harrington. You guys heard? I've heard of him. He rings uh, a bell. Yeah, he's yeah. A, does he do like um, public speaking? Public speaker yeah. training. Yeah, 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 exactly. So he's, you know, he's he's uh, you know, like the uh, like the smaller UK version of Tony Robbins. Yeah. You know, he started out like that, doing doing an event called Power to Achieve, which is uh, um, you know, unleash the power within type event. Yes. Right? Mind all mindset stuff. He's an NLP master. He's a genius, and 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 public speaking as well. He teaches that, and. I'd started working for him. And again, as a marketing manager, it was me, him and his PA. We was in his spare room in his house at the time. He was doing multiple six figures, wanted to scale the business. And 
this guy was the first time I'd seen a business owner. I, and, and, and again, anyone out there that's like, you know, thinking about getting into business, entrepreneurship, one of the best bits of advice I can give you is don't try to go out on your own and do it first. Get into a business, but a small business where you can be very, very close to the top guy or guys. Because like my education was here at this place with Andy. Because again, it was just me, him and his PA. So I got to sit with him so closely, like me, me and him became best friends. And I got to see and understand business like they can't teach you in, you know, wherever Oxford or any of these other fucking places like university and stuff like that. Because I actually got to see how it actually works, how he thinks. And I was around him all of the time. And I was learning so, so much. And the most important part of having that network, of having someone that close that you know, is you then get to see what's possible. So I always talk about, um, you know, having a money mindset and not an employee mindset. You've got to, uh, to be successful, I think, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to strip away all those beliefs that you've been given and for had forced upon you as a kid, right? Go get a job, earn money, retire, have a pension, all that shit. That because they're they're hardwired beliefs that are put in all of us, yes. and it's very very hard to get your mind out of that. So you've got to become, you've got to start to believe that earning a hundred grand a month, for example, back in the day to me was impossible. So like, you can't do that. How are you going to do that? Um, earning a million a month, it's just it's just these numbers are crazy. Getting around people that are doing it when you see it with your own fucking eyes. It's hard to deny the fact. And I can remember I was working with him for about uh, maybe six months. And I literally saw this guy make just over a quarter of a million. It was like 270 grand or whatever in under two hours. Wow. Mad. And every single belief that I had about money, how it's earned, how much you can earn was just blown away out of the water. Yeah. Because I physically saw it happen. And I was like, and, and it was so powerful for me because then then the belief grows. It's like, well, I've seen it with my own eyes now. Like, if he can do it, why can't I? And then that then that seed's then planted. And that's what really sparks off, you know, belief. But that wouldn't happen unless I was around that person. So going back to your original question, that's why it's so powerful to get around people that think like you, that want the same things that you want, you know, try to always be the dumbest person in the room, not the smartest, you know, all that sort of stuff is just massively important for those reasons, I'd say. Wow, that's mad. So you're obviously, you're in this business. Yeah. You had these mental realizations. Yeah. You started thinking big. What then happened between that moment um, and then leading up to Einstein Marketing, starting that, and then obviously what you've created today? <clears throat> yeah, so I so I was with Andy for, <clears throat> cool. how long was I with Andy? So anyway, so I ended up running that company. So he made me managing director. After about three years, I was running the company. And he was doing nothing. He was literally just out, you know, living Chilling. life, living life. <laughs> and I was running the company and I, I helped, first of all, I helped grow his sales team because obviously I had loads of experience there. So I grew that, trained them, brought in some key people. But I was like managing director of that company. We grew it to over 10 million. So we had multiple six figures to, you know, nine figure company, uh, sorry, eight figure company um, within that space, within that sort of like five, six year period. And there was just something, you know, I, I, it was a mixture of stuff. It was, have I done everything that I can here? Do I now want to do something that's mine and my own? Because again, I didn't, and I didn't rush it. You know, I was very, very patient. And that's a, that's a key skill to have. I think with this st sort of stuff, patience, I knew that 
I was getting an education that I wouldn't have got anywhere else. So I was fine being there, you know, I was, and, and the people that I was meeting through him was just crazy. Some of my best friends today I've, and clients actually I've met through Andy. Um, but there was just something niggling in the back of my mind. But at the same time, I didn't want to leave him in the lurch because I was a very key person in that company. And I knew if I just broke off and started my own company, he would have been fucked, you know, pretty much. So I sat down and had a conversation with him and said, look, mate, I want to start an agency. Um, I think I could do it, you know, all that sort of stuff. Would you mind if I, in my spare time, start putting together this agency? And I wanted to be upfront with him and tell him, you know, and he was fine with it, massively supportive and, uh, and, and, and helped me do that. And then it got to a point where it had grown, the agency had grown as much as it could while I was working there. So then I had to make a decision. And, and, and what was, what was beautiful about it is that it was completely, um, it was a completely joint decision. He knew and I knew, and I'd, I'd sort of, um, uh, what's the word I'd had his son as an apprentice for a, a couple of years he was very very good at all of that stuff as well so you know he was ready to sort of step into that role a bit more anyway and support him if I left and um and then yeah I, I, I left and um and then just went all in um on Einstein now Einstein was actually originally it wasn't it's not even the agency the actual agency is called Immortal Media um Einstein was the the education brand because what I really wanted Deep down, I wanted an edu an online education company that trains businesses on this sort of stuff that I know, you know, like digital marketing and all that sort of stuff. So they were two separate things. Um, so the agent, the agency's like Immortal Media, and then you know from there, we just started to take on more clients. You know, lots of the people that are in that sort of education coaching space, first of all, because obviously that was Andy's network. You know, the Rob Moores, um, all of the all of the sort of big guys, you know. Um, in the industry, Greg Secker, you know, he's like a big, big in the sort of trading space. All of those guys, you know, we build funnels and, and run all of their ads. And and then from there, we then just expanded out to other businesses as well. It's amazing what you're doing. And obviously I went to your event, EMC, like shout out EMC. It was unbelievable. So yeah. I guess, obviously I got a question for you in terms of the beautiful thing about EMC, obviously you run it, but what was your biggest lesson you actually got from running EMC? Um, yeah, there's, there's lots actually. I mean, the, the, what was the standout? So, so yeah, let me give you a little bit, bit of background and the people that are listening as well. So the EMC is the Entrepreneurs Marketing Conference. My, the idea was again, over here in the UK, I come from that event space Andy run these events, loads of other people run these events. You've been to like Nick James's yeah, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And one thing that was similar with all of them is that they're all, they're all focused on sales you know, at these events, which is fine. Again, I love those events. That's, that was, that's my background. But they're, they're, what I spotted was a gap for a value-only event. Instead of a low-priced or free event where they then sell something, it's like pay for a ticket and just get blown away with value and have a great experience. So we modeled a company um, in, the, in the States called Digital Marketer. They run, a, they run an event called Traffic and Conversion Summit. The best event I've ever been to, ever. Uh, apart from mine, and, uh, <laughs> and, um, and what one thing that was just my what and it, and it just sort of again it just goes back to being self aware. I remember thinking to myself, I go there every year, and I've probably taken over the years twenty people there. It's in San Diego, the tickets are grand, the flights are four or five grand. Then you've got the hotel, you got food. I was spending like any upwards of ten grand to go to this event once a year. Plus, I'm I've taken like twenty people. And I thought, what's what's what makes this so good, and what makes me want to invite other people? 
well, first of all, there's no selling. So you never feel like pressured or uncomfortable. The value that you get from the speakers is real good shit, like amazing value that I can actually use in my business. So actionable content. Okay, cool. And then the third thing was like experience. When I go there, I just have a good time. They throw parties. They have like networking things going on. It's just funky shit that happens all the time. And I thought, because it's a good experience. That's why I invite other people. And then I looked in the UK and I just thought, there's not an event like it. So why are we flying all the way over there? Why isn't there something in the UK for us us guys this side of the pond in Europe and stuff to go to? And and we just decided to do it. So, so you know, we put it together the first year, 250 people sold it out. The next year was 350 um, because we were only allowed 350 because of COVID. That was like uh, the, the sort of COVID-ish time, 2021. And then last year, 2022, we had 850 people. And then this year, we're going for 2,000. Oh, I love it. Nice. Yeah, big, yes. big, big step up back in Brighton. What was your first, how many at your first event? Two, 250. 250. 250. 250. It's literally, well, 2,000. You've 10x down, haven't you? Well, the, the goal originally yeah. was to go, the goal originally was to go 250, five, five, one, one to two and then we're going to go two three and then three four probably um you know because the goal is to sell it so yeah. we want we want to sell this we want to sell this event in a couple of years uh for our, our target's 30 million we want to get 30 million for it nice you know and and we like we know everything and again it's like that's the target so okay what needs to happen to get that target well who's the buyer well, there's this there's this company called Clarion based in the UK, which is a touch, and they were the ones that brought Traffic and Conversion Summit. They brought Traffic and Conversion Summit for 67 million. They brought uh, Affiliate World or AdWorld or one of the other mass. They're buying events up all over the place. So I was like, okay, sweet. How do we get on their radar? So then I've just sort of made connections of who knows them to the point I've got a meeting with them next week in London, and then they're coming down to the event as well just to get on their radar. Again, we're not expecting offers or anything like that yet, but we want them to know that it's there, you know, mm. and, and and for them to sort of have a little look at it because they want to buy it. So yeah, yeah, one of the back, back to your questions, one of the biggest things we've learned is it's fucking hard to fill events. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the hardest. That's one of the you're making, what, you're making yeah. it happen. What's yeah. been like? So for anyone who's listening who may want to start an event or run a retreat in the future, like what's your biggest piece of advice to fill an event? Um, yeah, good. So when 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 you first um, when you first but your first one, for example, if you want to grow an event, if you're not just doing a one-off, that's different. But for us, we wanted to grow a brand, EMC. We wanted, we wanted, you know, our goal is to have people blocking it out in their calendar every mm. year. So if, so if, so if someone's wife shouts, so yeah, we're going on holiday. That the first thing they do is check that it don't overlap with EMC. Yeah, that's yeah. the sort of story we tell ourselves in the office, you know, to and and to 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 grow an event. One of the main things you have to do is you have to let people know that it sells out. So, for example, there's no, there was no point in year one in me going into an event and and having a goal to se to sell a thousand people, at, 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 at the average ticket price at that time was like three hundred quid. It just wouldn't happen. But there there would be people out there, and we've actually I've experienced this firsthand that try to put on these big events. Oh yeah, we're going to get a thousand people there, and they just bite off too, uh, uh, you know, more than they can chew. You have to grow an event. How you grow an event is that you get people to come, you blow them away. So they come back, but they also bring two people. Got and it scales and, and, every and it, year. So, so the, the, the most time. important thing was patience. Like I knew we weren't going to make money in year one, because again, an event like that where you're not selling and you're not making a shit ton of money from selling products and stuff, you're not going to make profit. We weren't going to make profit in year one. Goal was not to lose money. Sweet. We actually made like four grand, which was a touch, but we didn't expect to like make a lot of money. But main goal 
sell it out so that the market knows that this event sells out. Yeah. So when we promote next year's one, they they buy. Because again, the first year, we didn't have any proof. We didn't have we didn't have photos, we didn't have videos, promo footage, all this sort of stuff that we've got now. You had me, an idiot, on a fucking roller coaster in Brighton saying, come to EMC, it's gonna be great. You know, <laughs> and it's like, but, but you know, what, what, why are they gonna believe that? Like, who am I to? So it's very, very hard to promote that first one. Um, although we pulled it off, great. But again, I made sure that it was a very, it was very, very doable. I knew with my audience, my list, things like that, my network, we could get 250. So I made it like purposely 250, sell it out. Next year, we wanted to go five. We were only allowed 350 because of COVID because 500 and 350 is like safer due, due yeah. to COVID. Yeah, 350, again, sold it out last year. Um, eight eight fifty. We sold eight six four. So again, sold it out. So now the market now knows like this. This event's going to sell out. So I've got to buy my ticket. I have to. Yeah. You know, there's no waiting around. I want to go this time because it sells out. So you know, that's 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 a big thing. And then just planning the promotion, planning the promotion, so that you've got enough time to do it. You know. How long did you did you need? Uh, so that first one was about three months. Yeah, yeah, we started in well, November. We started end of November, so December, January, February, and it was in March. Yeah, so three months, and, ninety days, and not just relying on ads. It was it's hard work, really hard work. Like I had you've got to have guys on the phones. Called if you well, if you've got a database of some sort, or you've got clients, customers, you've got to be calling them. You know, because a big percentage, I think like thirty percent of the sales last year came from the phone. Nice, 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 yeah. mad. And something that me and Jacob are being big on, like during our journey, obviously we started Freedom Lifestyle, uh, the podcast in September um, 2022. And obviously we started our membership and stuff in December. So, we're, you know, we're quite new to the game. And yeah. something we're big on is we're documenting our journey because Fraser Brooks said to us that one of his biggest regrets was not documenting his journey. So we're being very authentic with the wins and, and, and also the losses because you can learn from your failures. So my question to you, Matt, what's been, what's been your biggest failure in your whole business career and what did you learn from it so our freedom lifestyle listeners can learn to not do that yeah so um biggest failure i think um i think it goes back to i think it goes back to um to emc actually so one of the one of the things that we did which year was that now was it last year or the year before Last year or the year before? No, not last year, year before. So middle one. Again, we learned from it, which is great. But we did a, a we did a big marketing campaign. We overspent on the production of it, like the video and thing, videos and things like that. We spent way too much money on the ads, and we carried we carried it on, even though we because because we spent so much money getting it ready. We was we was emotionally connected to it. Yeah, it's like well, this has got to work now because we spent and we ended up wasting a load of. I think we ended up wasting like a hundred grand for that campaign on something that didn't work because of pure, um, what's the word, uh, stubbornness. Because we knew it weren't working, but because we'd, we, we, first of all, we really believed it was gonna work. Secondly, we spent loads of money getting it ready. We was like, it's got, it's got to work eventually. And we ended up wasting like loads of money. That was a big one. Um, the, 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 the other one was, Oh, no, that's not really a big mistake because, again, that was just because of COVID. But, again, it was like it, it could have ruined the event at the time. We uh, we didn't have, like, anything in place for, you know, pandemics, basically, right? And and that event, that first event happened on the 2nd to the 4th of March 2020. 
and we had about a week before the event, we were just about to sell it out two weeks before the event. We started getting phone calls. It's like, yeah, we, oh, yeah, I'm not coming now because of this COVID thing. We was like, at this point, we had no idea what this was. We was like, what was COVID? And we started looking it up and all this sort of stuff. And then next day, two people are calling and cancel. And again, we didn't, again, we just didn't have any like airtight sort of um, uh, T's and C's and stuff like that in place. So we ended up having like 30 odd people refund the event just before it started. But, at the same time, because at this point, by the way, that was like three, four years ago, I'd put pretty much everything I had into that event. Because again, I knew long term, I'm going to sell this for 30 million potentially, right? So I put everything I had into it. If that event had folded and no one came, which meant no one knew how good it was so that they come back and bring friends, it would have broken me. Like, and then this really started worrying me because I was like, fucking hell, if there's 40 people that have already got their money back, there's probably loads of other people that aren't going to come. Turned out there was like 184. I think from the 260 or 270 tickets we sold, we had like 184. So it weren't too bad. But yeah, just making sure like T's and C's and things like that are in place. Like now we have we have a COVID guarantee now anyway. So we we say, look, if for whatever reason this does come back, we'll make sure we refund you. But yeah, there's, there's some. Crazy. So... Throughout your whole journey, obviously, you've you've gone on a hell of a journey. You've met some crazy people. Yeah. You've been networking all over the shop. Like, what's been some of your biggest learns from networking? Um, I'll tell you, like, there's 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 three big things that I've learned sort of along the way. If I could sort of you know bust some wisdom on you after all these years, again, and this, a lot of this I've learned from my network and stuff like that, right? One of the biggest ones that I've only learned in the last, I'd say, four years, and I suppose it's because I'm getting a bit older. I'm not old, you know, I'm 36, but I'm getting a bit older. But I wish I knew it when I was younger, is energy. Yeah. Like the amount yep. of, the, 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 like, if I knew now what I, if I knew now what I, sorry, if I knew then what I know now, I mean, you know, I'd already be worth hundreds of millions for sure, right? Because... I'd only just started about you know sort of four four years ago really understanding and being very self conscious of the way I feel the energy levels how food and exercise affects yeah. my energy levels and mood and all that stuff and sleep and all that sort of stuff like I'm so crazy productive now because again I put loads of time and energy and focus into it I understand that if I have uh, a kebab the night before. The reason I'm feeling sluggish and I don't want to get out of bed the next day is because I ate a kebab. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's not because I'm tired. It's because my body's been working nonstop to break down this piece of shit. I've just fucking fed it. And um, and I feel like shit. So like I'm very, very aware of my energy levels now. And that's a massive one for me. And again, I learned this just off of, again, just other people that I'm around that are getting older and they start and they tell me, oh yeah, read this book about nutrition. Try this drink. Did I, I just had a, uh, I, I love the old uh, like nootropics and things like that I've looked into. I'm on right? the coffee. The coffee wasn't a big thing for me, but these nootropic coffees, it was on Dragon's Day, are unbelievable. Yeah, man. They've oh, got their mushrooms so in them. Yeah, well, the one, I, the, one I, the one I got at the moment, which I'm loving, is called Magic Mind. It's like a little green shot. Magic yeah, yeah. Mind. It's got some mushrooms in it, but it's like... It's unreal, man. It's just, it clears your brain fog. You just get more shit done. You don't procrastinate, all that sort of stuff. If I don't work out in the morning, I, I'm probably, I'd say 50% less productive. No joke. If I get up late for whatever reason and I go to work without working out, of doing something, even if it's just a walk for half an hour, 
I'm 50% less productive, no joke. Like, but I'm aware of it now. Whereas I used to think that, oh no, I'm, I'm just tired. No, you're not. It's because you're not energized because your body hasn't moved in the morning and all this sort of stuff. So I'm, you know, I'm proper focused on that. Second thing is like, re just drop what other people think as well. Drop that baggage. I stopped caring what people think when I was 30. I can literally put, I'm a very self-aware person, but it's a, it's a massive thing. I've been free since I've been 30. Like I remember, everyone says it, right? Everyone likes to say, um, oh yeah, I don't care what people think. Everyone mm. says that from school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't care what people think and all this sort of stuff, something to say, right? But deep down, 99% of people do and they're carrying it around. And you mm. waste, again, going back to energy, you waste so much energy thinking about and worrying about what other people think. Huge. That it's, it's massive. The reason, it, the reason I dropped it is because when I was 30, I, I was just, I was still with Andy actually, but I was just starting uh, the agency and I knew because of everything I know from Andy and all these other guys, I knew I had to start putting out content. I knew I had to do video. I knew I had to do this stuff and put it out there. But, and I know this for five years and I was, I'm 30 now. And I was like, why haven't I fucking done it yet? And the reason I started thinking about it was because I turned 30 and when I turned 30, it's a very scary time for me because it was the first time ever that I can remember my dad turning that age. Does that make sense? So I can't remember my dad's 29th birthday or his 27th or his 26th. I could remember my dad's 30th birthday and now I'm 30. So that means I'm the same age as my dad. In my head, I was like, fuck me, I'm my dad. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, like, you, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dad's age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, that was very scary to me. So it, it was the first time I sort of had a bit of mortality, I suppose, and was like, I'm going to fucking die and I'm getting older and I'm running out of time. And why, so why haven't I done this stuff yet? In, in the last five years, I know I should have done this. Why haven't I done this? So I had to do some really deep internal work and think about the reasons why. And, and, and I finally come to the conclusion that I was worried about what people think. I was worried about being judged, being laughed at, people mocking me, all this shit. And, and then when you go even deeper and you try to break down uh, like who it is, because that's the most important question, who? Who am I worried about? Because it's not my family. It was never my family. My family would be supportive. It's not my friends. It was people that I used to go to school with that I haven't seen in like 15 years. How fucking absurd is that? And I was like, and I could picture them. I don't even see them anymore. But for whatever reason... There was something in my head that made me worry about what, you know, Tom or Maria, whatever they, they're, they're called from my school that I haven't seen in so long would think. And then it just dawned on me that I was being an absolute moron. And I dropped it. And I just said, fuck that. I'm not letting that. Because once you come to terms with it and you actually admit the real thing, it's very easy to get over. It's all the lies you tell yourself is the reason why you don't go through it. But as soon as, it, as, soon as I accepted the fact that that was the case, I wouldn't have it. You know, it, it's, it's, it's like, um, it's like lots of stuff when you, when you, when you put stuff off, when you come to terms with the real reason, not the bullshit you tell yourself, the real root reason why you're not doing it. When you know that you're like, no, I'm going to do it. So, um, I started putting out content and stuff like that when I was 30, what was crazy was one of the people that I f was worried about for whatever irrational reason actually reached out to message me and said, this is that's unreal, mate. Great work. You, you look like you're smashing it. So again, it's completely irrational. I heard, 
I think it was, was it Alex Hormozzi that said, I think it was Alex Hormozzi, where he heard it from someone else, but he said, in your 20s, you care about what people think. In your 30s, you don't care what people think. And in your 40s, you realize that no one was thinking about you at all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've seen that. Yeah. I've seen and that. it's so fucking true, man. I, luckily, I realized that way earlier because they're genuinely not. No one gives a fuck about you in your life. You're not that important. And that's what I had to tell myself. No one cares. They've got their own shit to deal with. Yeah. Just get out and do shit. So, you know, that was, um, yeah, that was a big one as well. Yeah, that's that's, that's some really, uh, really good wisdom. It kind of, I kind of kept thinking about with Jacob because what he's learning now with um, NLP and empowered intelligence is, is what he's, he's qualified for. And it all links when you mention like the words root and stuff like that. It's, yeah. it's mad that something like that holds has held, held back probably majority of the world yeah. from actually taking that step into the into so. the into the entrepreneurial I think, world i think deep down if everyone's really honest the reasons why they haven't done half the stuff they want or, or dream of is because they're scared of what other people are going to think and, I they're agree. Scared, and they're scared yeah. of being judged yeah but i'm telling you now it's it's so fucking freeing when you drop it, mm. like I genuinely now, I, I don't care at all. Because again, I know most people aren't even thinking about it. Like there's, there, there is, there probably are people that are going to watch this and think things about me, both positive and negative, but I, get, I just don't care nah. because I'm never going to meet them. They're not important to me. The people that are important to me, it is important to, to care what people think. I do believe that, but only the people that matter. So for example, if suddenly all of my loved ones, as in my family, my kids, my, my wife, my mum and dad, if all of them started thinking that I was a dick, now that's something that would worry me. And I would have to figure out, okay, what, what am I doing that's causing this? Because I care about what they think. But to think about strangers, people that are just watching you, that you never meet ever, that are just out there somewhere, to worry about what they think and let them hold your life back and not do the shit that you want to do is, is, is absolutely insane. So you've got to drop it. And when you do, honestly, it's like a huge weight's lifted and suddenly you're like, right, let's get to Game fucking on. work. Game, Game on. on. And, yeah. and then if you look at my journey from 30, there was nothing. And then bang, in the last five years, content everywhere. I, 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 I started to ask to speak on stages without being paid, never. Coming on podcasts, doing videos. If someone asked me anything that would get me out there, I, I did. Yeah, because I dropped and it was just the most freeing thing ever, you know. And now you, you know that. you're doing absolute bits. And obviously before camera, and obviously we said we'll talk about anything on this. Um, we were speaking about like psychedelics and and, and mushrooms and that yeah. sort of thing. In terms of for you, Matt, like has it? Have you found? Have you used it more for fun, or have you have you had some amazing business epiphanies from taking like psychedelics? So um, I, I only the first time I did it was about four or five years ago in the dam, as you do. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and, and it was just a crazy enlightened experience, and I didn't do it again for a couple of years. But then two years ago, we started. You know, I started taking and we'd plan a day. How we do it again? It's not sitting in a room or anything like that. We'll get some we'll get some mushrooms. We'll we'll pick a nice day. Has to be nice. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. the sun's got to be out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, and, we have we, done that the wrong way. In the rain, flooded, flooded fields. We can't. We can't light a fire. Yeah, we can't light a fire. Couldn't light a fire. Couldn't make food. Yeah, and then basically get me and a couple of guys, and we'll walk. We'll plan a walk, you know, and it's normally a couple of hours trip, but it's the most enlightened experience, I, I think. The, the biggest thing I get out of it, and again, I don't do crazy ones. I, I don't see dragons and unicorns and all that shit. The world just comes alive. And for me, like when I have done them, it really does make, make you appreciate 
being alive 100% and, just, and, and the more, world. It makes yeah. you more connected. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. The gra- it's gratitude. That's yeah. what it is. What it yeah. gives me more than anything is an appreciation for everything. I, I'm, I'm in that state and I'm thankful, so thankful for my family, my health, the world that I live in, my friends, everything. I just become the most grateful fucking person mm. ever because it just opened. That's, that's the biggest benefit I get out of it. And that's so good to have because, again, loads of people that struggle with you know, being down and depressed. Most of it comes down to the fact they're not focusing on what they have got. They're yes. just focusing on what they haven't. Huge, and, and, huge. And, and, Clip and, it. <laughs> and, with, and with shrooms, you know, especially, you know, don't get me wrong, we, we, I do them a couple of times a year or whatever, but it's, it's, it's one of those ways that just overwhelms you with everything <laughs> you have got. And you're like, fucking hell, I'm a lucky guy. It, like, I'm lucky just to be alive. Right it now. heightens everything. It heightens it? everything. Yeah. And I'm just like, look at that tree. <laughs> that tree, that tree is alive. That tree's fucking breathing. That tree's sick. You know? <laughs> so, uh, we'll, have, uh, we'll have to do this next, the next podcast yeah. collab on a, uh, on, 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 on tree. Yeah. Well, we've tried that once, haven't we? We have yeah. done yeah. that once, yeah. Yeah, yeah kill. Yeah, that was a bit, yeah. of, a bit of a mad So one. yeah, so, yeah, yeah <laughs> man, they're good. Yeah, like I said, we're, we're, we're um, I'm going on a stag do um, in a couple of weeks and we're we're uh we're gonna have a nice day so far the forecast is sunny so that's good so we'll have a nice day on end yeah. <laughs> wow absolute belt mate and you know before we wrap up uh, a question yep. we always ask the guests is matt what does your freedom lifestyle look like um i mean you know you probably get this answer a lot but it's just being able to do whatever i want to do whenever i want to do it with whoever i want to do it with really you know for me i've got a family now so my son's now 16 isabel's 12 sophie's 11 um it's just being able to take them away if i want to just just randomly i'm really lucky because i've got an amazing team so i don't have to be in the office if i don't want to you know like emily two days ago said to me you know it's, it's our first year anniversary wedding anniversary coming up in july let's go somewhere sweet let's book we booked venice in it not venice sorry florence Booked florence did that we got just we, we wanted to book a holiday in august just being able to book that and just be just not worrying about it like as well again going back to how i grew up you know money was always a stress and a struggle and i think um if you can get your finances in order if you could learn learn how to earn money first so many, so many problems that you've and stresses that you've got at the moment aren't there. Like I can remember when I used to go to the petrol garage, and I'd sh- and I and I'd shit myself because if my fucking if the petrol went five pound one p, I wouldn't have enough money in my account to pay for it. So I'm sitting there, you know, doing that. I don't even have to look at it no more. I just go in there, just wait until it clicks, baby. You know, just like <laughs> just freedom. But just little, just but just little things yeah, like that. Yeah, love that. If I want, if my friend calls me up and says, "Yeah, let's let's go out to this," fan, I don't have to worry about. I don't have to worry about money. Yeah, uh, and it, which and is it, and, so and, and it's just so freeing. I don't have to think. Oh, 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 have I, can I afford that? Can I, can I, if I do this, can it, it just doesn't enter my mind. If I want to do something, I can do it. You know, it's great. Like literally before, cause I had an hour to spare, hour to spare before I come here, I ended up spending like 400 pound on cigars. I just, <laughs> I, just went, I just went and got, I just went and got a load of Cuban cigars from the, you're I, a, I like, I like a cigar. You're you know. a funny one. Quality, quality. This, this podcast has, has been class as always. There's going to be many more future collaborations and like go, anyone listens 
businesses, go check out Matt. Like, if you want to take your marketing to the next level, if you want an incredible funnel, get your ads done. And also as well, if you're a young entrepreneur, check out EMC's events because it really is incredible. I absolutely loved it myself and I can't wait to be going back. But grateful for you coming on, Matt. Nah, it's been an absolute me, pl pleasure. Come, come on, on, come on, on let's have it. it. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Lifestyle Podcast. Myself and Jacob run a free community on WhatsApp with over 200 entrepreneurial lads in their 20s escaping the rat race without doing it alone, feeling overwhelmed and burning out. I don't know whether you want to scroll down now, click the Freedom Lifestyle community link, take a short quiz in under two minutes to join for free. I can't wait to see you in there.